Welcome back to Legit Fat. I am Joe. Jen's here. Ben could not make it tonight, of course, but you know, I we we all understand. And tonight it actually wasn't his bedtime. He just had to go to his kids' uh, performance. So we, we'll give him this one. He can sit it out. But today's episode is brought to you by us. You're welcome. Oh, and uh, also brought to you by all the listeners. So I, I I never plug our sponsor enough. So I figured I would this time. But tonight we have Mr. Steven, I won't say your last name in case you're weird about that, but from the BG cast. And uh, introduce yourself, uh, and, and you've probably heard this a ton, but what does BG stand for? So, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, back three years ago, when I first started this podcast, um, I am an avid health and fitness enthusiast. I like to, you know, go to the gym and stuff and hike and stuff here in Colorado. And uh, I had another buddy of mine who would live with me, who, um, you know, he was in a lot of the same stuff I was. He was into the Great Awakening. And so it originally uh, meant Berserker Gang, like, because, you know, we were both lifters, but we were into the Awakening. And then, you know, after for a little bit, uh, you know, I had to put the podcast down for a couple of years. Uh, just life things came into, um, you know, into the picture. And so about, you know, let's fast forward back to last October. I, uh, you know, I've been following Ben Davidson on YouTube for a long time, and he was having a meet and greet down in Colorado Springs. So I, me and my wife went down there and um, we uh, went to go meet him. Him and I kind of like hit it off. And, you know, I was talking with him about, you know, him trying to get on Joe Rogan's podcast. And uh, I, I half like joked. I was like, oh, you know, I used to have a podcast. I think I was revamped. I, I thought about revamping it. And uh, he was like, I'll get on it. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, okay. So, and so then kind of like the wheel started turning again. And, uh, you know, so I just decided to shorten it to BG. So as of right now, um, it really doesn't have a meaning to be a hundred percent honest, but, um, I feel the retitlement of it was more appropriate for the message I'm trying to relay, at least at this point in time. Yeah. But, uh, unique. Yeah. I, I've never heard of another one called that. So perfect. Yeah. Nobody's ever heard of a legit bat either. Well, till now. And it has a good yeah. background story it's all that matters yeah exactly yeah. it's all about the origin stories so i know you have a couple of topics you want to get into tonight so uh where do you want to start it off what's been rattling around in your noggin well honestly you know what's really been rattling around in my noggin is to me you know um i don't know if you've had a chance to to hear to check out some of the stuff i talk about but you know, just looking at a lot of things going on in the world today, um, in the collective consciousness, the the world stage and things like that, I, uh, you know, I think it's becoming a little bit more and more apparent that this has been a topic of conversation lately with a lot of people. It's becoming a little bit more and more apparent that, you know, we're dealing with some kind of theater. We're dealing with, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, stage and what we're dealing with as actors, you know, um, so I come from the premise that what we're going on, uh, what we're kind of going through is a, a perfectly staged Great Awakening. And the reason why I feel this is because um, if you look at the world before 2012, right, um, everything was still going on. Don't get me wrong. Like there were still a lot of things still occurring. The New World Order plan was, um, you know, still being put forth and the gears were turning. But after 2012, I've kind of used this phrase that the um, we got the uh, awakening expansion pack downloaded onto our reality. And yeah, yep, yep, yep. Is a DLC. It's like you know, it's got it's got all these different uh, different characters. I mean, you, you can see all the characters, so you know. 
And basically where I come from is you kind of see how after 2012, yes, that was, you know, the end of the 13th Bakhtun for the Mayan long count calendar. A lot of people back then thought it was going to be the end of the world. Um, I think it was just really the official start of the new world was then. And then you kind of see after 2012 uh, what I kind of call like the um, the obscurity and insanity crescendo. It just kind of like started shooting up and up and up and up. And now we kind of are in this predicament that we're in today. So uh, where I base this from is uh, actually it's it's really deeply rooted in a lot of spiritual and philosophical principles. So I feel, you know, when you take something and you make it seem very overtly taboo, all right, or a huge no-no without any logical reason or any rational explanation, what's that do to the human being? You raise your eyebrows. You're like, why? why does he... Why is he so really gung-ho about me not looking at this? Why is he really so gung-ho about this, this, and this? And then you kind of look at what the world governments have done to, you know, spirituality, religion, God. They've made that seem so overtly taboo. It does not exist. We cannot prove it exists. I mean, look at what they do to people like me and everybody else. You know, they make us seem like we're so absolutely crazy, um, you know, that we're, we're just completely like lunatics and that we're not making any sense. Um, well, you know, at the same time there, there, there's, you know, a certain spirituality kind of being pushed too. And I've heard a lot of people talk about that with the new age thing. So what's that about if it's, you know, supposed to be a thing. So the new age movement, um, you know, it's kind of funny is, you know, I don't, I don't really knack on them. It's, uh, what they've done. I call myself old age. Right. And it's kind of funny when I say that because, you know, yes, I, I I, mean, if you had to label me, I'd be a, uh, a hermetic Gnostic Taoist, I guess, if you had to label me. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I a lot of the philosophies and spiritual traditions that I partake in and that I practice date back for thousands upon thousands of years. And they um, they've adopted some of those traditions. Most certainly they have and they've adopted some of those viewpoints. But where I think that they've kind of... Uh, I don't know, lost touch a little bit in some ways is they 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 really they they spiritually peacock is what I kind of call it. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways, they spiritually peacock like every time I've I've you know, and this is an objective observation based on what I've seen. Um, I'm not saying everybody's like this, but, you know, a lot of the people who participate in the New Age movement that I've seen with or spoken with, they're all about like putting their spiritual powers and prowess on a pedestal. Um, you know, like have, on Instagram, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. And then, um, you have, uh, the, the, the having definitive answers for things you could possibly not have definitive answers for. Right. And that's like something that I've noticed a lot too. And I mean, there, that's actually quite a bit of it in, in kind of all spiritualities, honestly, but I've noticed it, um, a lot more in there. So I think it's a great start. Um, if I really want to, you know, get down to the, to get down to, you know, what I, what I truly think, I, I really think it's a great start. Um, I really would like to see them um, kind of look at the spiritual principles that they've taken from the old age traditions a little bit more and kind of like focus on them in detail, because I think there's a lot of important things there. Like, I mean, playing non-attachment with the ego, um, dropping duality, things like that that I think that they could personally benefit from, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> it's, I guess, the best way, you know, I can kind of put it right now. I have that kind of positive outlook on it. 
Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anything for most of it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, no. uh, it's kind of the way they go about it. I guess it seems weird because you, you don't hear a, a monk in Tibet ever going on Instagram being like, oh, morning meditation, everything's beautiful. I was just going to say that. So the monks <laughs> are like the ultimate spiritual beings or, you know, people, but the people in that spiritual community are still learning. They still have so much to learn, but they preach that they have the answers and that they can teach you to do the same things. And it's like, come on, like if you're not in, really enlightened or you'd be sitting on a mountaintop uh, in the lotus position or whatever. And you wouldn't know what an iPhone is. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't have a Instagram account at all. You know, you know, and the one thing, the one thing I say about that too is, uh, you know, and this is one thing that it, it irks me a little bit and I, and I can understand, um, you know, if this is all you're doing, uh, and this is how you make your living, I completely understand that at that point, but a lot of them, they charge these enormous amounts of money for like these classes. Yeah. These classes that, um, you know, if you just did a little bit of research and put a little bit of practice into it, you can learn how to do this stuff for free. You know, yeah, and I, I get mean? those ones kind of because I mean, there's people out there that learn better with a one on one teacher. And if it's worth it to them, fine. But I mean, like, like you're saying, pretending like you have the answer to all these mysteries or something. That's one of the core things in our shows. Anybody who says that is automatically like, eh. Look at these people twice because I don't trust anybody who says they know where they have the answer because no, none of us do. And those places that they have are like spiritual rehab. You know, so you could quit alcohol on your own, but some people have to force themselves to go into that place, pay money and stay there. And then they actually learn their lesson. So I can see a use in that way. I would have to agree with the both of you. Um, you know, I um, I uh I do not, I just think the only thing that I have a problem with is sometimes what they charge, but no, I, I, I agree. You know, as somebody who's been sober off alcohol for three years, um, it was, uh, it was definitely, I had to for, it force myself a little bit for sure. So I can, I can definitely resonate with that. And as far as, you know, somebody coming on and saying they have the, uh, definitive answers and things like that. If there's one thing I've learned on the 15 years I've been on my spiritual path is the more I know, the less I know. I don't know a damn thing. <laughs> it's like every time I, I mean, I've, I've even spoken about how I've been back to the spiritual drawing board about a hundred times within this past year, because at least you're, you're saying that though, because the, the kind of people we're talking about, they've always known. And it's just, they're, they're there and there's no going back and they have all the, you know, that's, that's one thing, but admitting that you've gone back to the drawing board a hundred times, uh, everybody has, whether oh, yeah. you admit it or not. Yeah. It's a part of life, man. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, it being able to really admit that you are a human being and that in this existence, you are not meant to have all of the answers that would, at least in my opinion, defeat the purpose of being here. It'd you make know? it pretty boring. Yeah. It'd be like, uh, Play, playing Zelda for like five minutes and having it down. You'd be like, this game was not worth $65. This sucks. Give me more, <laughs> more game. Dude, that's almost like the equivalent. It's like, you know, uh, if you uh, just use the cheat code to unlock everything at the beginning of the game, just so you could... Uh, God what, mode. God mode. Or what was God it? I forgot, I forgot, but was it the old Sonic the Hedgehog? It was up, down, left, right, whole day, and press start, and then it unlocked everything or whatever it was. So I used to have so many of those cheat codes memorized, and I would think about it even then. I'm like, wouldn't that be cool if there's a cheat code to like skip through the day today? Like, I really don't want to do this. Just down, down, X, Y left right you know all right boom hey it's, it's evening time 
that would be great that that would be pre- that would be pretty good i mean there you know what's interesting is um one thing i've learned is there is a way to actually alter and enhance your perception of time um and it do- it does it's very it's very interesting um i guess a really good way to put it is you, you definitely um should have a meditation practice and if you can somehow um manage now it's tough for a lot of people and i still you know i'm still working on it i still i'm i'm a work in progress so uh you know if you can maintain yourself in that present moment focus for most of the day uh time does uh affect you differently it does you perceive it a lot differently and um not just a standard going faster or slower yeah so i mean it's really i think i think really what happens is um your perspective on the time shifts itself so and then you're you're as opposed to because i know i get it all the time you know i'm like looking at my clock i'm like man dude like you know i got to do this this and this and or you know this is taking so long but i've noticed that um with what i've been doing at least it it helps me kind of i guess appreciate the time that's the best way i can describe it you know what i mean it's like it 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 helps you it helps you shift your perspective of time and then within doing that um, time itself kind of shifts in your perspective as well. I guess like that's the best way to describe it. Um, I've been doing a, a lot. lot of- a lot of people say that with uh, even exercise and working out that you can get into this such a zone that every nothing else is important during the day. It's almost a meditation in itself to work out because I think it was Rogan that said, you know, if that's the hardest thing you did that day, everything else is going to be easier because everything else is totally minor compared to that 300 pounds you're deadlifting, you know? Well, you know, um, I would I would have to agree most certainly that exercise is one way to do it for sure. Um, it, it definitely does give you a different perspective on the day. I um, yeah, I'm a big believer that physical health is part of the Great Awakening. I think you know really where a lot of this stuff ties in. Um, you know, if you look at the foods and everything, I remember back in 2008 when um. I first embarked on this journey. I was really getting serious into my health and fitness. And um, one question I always asked was like, man, why is all the food that's really good for you? It's supposed to be really health for you, hella expensive. And then all of the food that's really bad for you that you shouldn't be eating is hella cheap. This is kind of like, doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? And then after doing a little bit of research, I found out about, you know, the whole aspartame incident. I found out about the lie about, uh, you know, fat being the enemy and it being actually refined sugars. I found out all about the whole the government had involved in it with, um, you know, Codex Alimentarius back in 2008. Um, what that was is the uh, USDA set a code of guidelines for organic farmers that um, if they did not want to abide by the USDA guidelines and how they treated their livestock or their crops, they would have to pay a fine which is actually why organic food prices shot through the roof and um, started to become hella expensive after 2008 was because of Codex Elementarius. And I'm, I'm sure Monsanto was behind that 100%, right? I would I would have to agree with that um, because, I mean, and that's that was the whole thing um, back in my... Back in my young days, when I first embarked, I did the march against Monsanto. I was part of the Million Mask March. I did all of that kind of stuff, too. And, um, you know, uh, Monsanto most certainly had a hand in it, in my opinion. I mean, you know, it's I, I, I joked about it last night. You know, when you have the own corporation do its investigation on itself, 
you know what I mean? And do its own scientific studies on his product without a third party. That's the equivalent of Ted Bundy being the prosecutor and the defense attorney at his trial. So, you know, (laughs) it's what it is. So, well, how much of this? So I did want to get to this kind of what, how much of the the great awakening is more of a revelation of method? I mean, you, you talked about a little bit before the show about, you know, controlled opposition and all that. And I'm not one to go calling everybody controlled opposition. And that's a different story that's going on right now. But um, what do you think about that? Like, is this more manufactured awakening? Cause it, it seems to be getting on such a broad scale. Now things that, you know, we've been talking about for some people have been talking about for decades. How is that working now in, you know, hand in hand with controlled opposition? Well, so I do not. So the people that I think are controlled opposition, I would say, are the people um, who still feel, I guess you could say that I'm still um, the best way I can describe it is this. They point people towards small picture issues. They kind of divert people's attention away from the bigger picture at hand that's one thing that i do feel like when you have people um you know especially in our community the one thing that i see a lot of is people really arguing over the minute discrepancies that we have in belief and um things like that and uh when really in in all honesty we we all want the same thing for the most part yes we might have minor discrepancies and philosophical ideals or you know lifestyle ideals or things like that but we all essentially want the same thing so one thing i've noticed is um you know uh people who kind of divert people back into that mentality as opposed to like focusing on like a unification of like people in our on our side of the field i mean at least that's how i feel um yeah i mean also also too you know i am you know i'm a little bit of an anarchist i do not think this two-party system is salvageable this could be my own subjective bias i don't know i would happily admit it is um no i always say most people are more like that the the gradient is a lot uh broader in the middle than they'd have you believe i think most people think that done with the two-party thing leave me the fuck alone let's all get along most people i think are like that but yeah no, I would, I would, I, you know, there is, we, we call it politically homeless. Um, there, there's a couple of, uh, you know, uh, uh, people I talk with about it too. I've done a couple of Twitter spaces on it. And, um, you know, I, uh, I think what I think is this, Joe, um, you know, so I, since I kind of woke up back in 2008, I've seen the awakening kind of manifest itself in very interesting ways. Um, you know, actually some least expected ways, but, you know, um, the one thing that I do think in some ways uh, kind of started to get manufactured was kind of after 2020. So I don't know if you guys were paying attention to some of the stuff going on back in um, 2018 and 2019. There was a big movement in France and in Europe called the Yellow Vest Movement. Um, it was like a proletarian revolution. Um, they were doing mass protests. There was a lot of uprisings going on all over Europe, wherever the Yellow Vest movement got, um, you know, started to do their protests. Uh, there was a lot of other um, different kind of uprisings starting to occur all over the world as well. There's a lot Hong of... Kong, right? Wasn't there a lot in Hong Kong? and Yes, Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, I think Taiwan, too, actually had some before all of this stuff was going on as well. Um, COVID shut that shit down quick. That's what a lot of people theorize that that's another reason um, they decided to pull the COVID-19 card was um, that they wanted to stifle that. They um, they they know what's going on. Um, they're aware that there is, 
a, uh, I guess you could say an awakening of consciousness kind of going on in the collective here on this planet. And that's where I think the manufacturing started to take place was they were like, well, if we can't beat it, you know what I mean? And we can't stop it. We can maybe just try to hop in there and divert it off course. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and that's, that's, that's how, I mean, I think, I think, you know, I'm maybe not the only one who feels that way. Um, I, uh, I know there's others that feel that way too. And no, I mean, you know, I most certainly do not believe everybody is controlled opposition. I think there's a lot of really good hearted people out there who are trying to spread the truth and they're doing their own, their best doing their own version of it. And, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, what we all do. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't really, I can't really knock knack on that at all. And, uh, you know, but I just, there's certain people I'm suspicious of, um, just, just because of what they do. Uh, you know, how they kind of divert people into more division as opposed to like, hey, you know, we all kind of want the same thing, right? Like, you know, we all we all, we all want freedom and we all want like everything to be, you know, in good hands for community, family, all that. I mean, uh, you know, why don't, why don't we worry about stop talking about the fact that, you know, I am um, I'm a hermeticist and you're a Christian. Why don't we just focus on like, you know, like the common ground that we have that we both are done with this. So, um, you know, and I think that's those are the ones who I think might you know, be, be in on it. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. I wonder how many of those yellow vests and other protesters, uh, in 2019 turned around two months later and put a mask on for three years. You know what I mean? Cause that's how good that plan was. If it was to shut down things like that, it was to you know, pick the weed from the chaff er, weed, <laughs> the weed, whatever, <laughs> whatever you grow, it's fine. So, but, uh, it's an easy way to split people apart even further because are you saying have- that? Cause I'm in Colorado. No, I'm just kidding. We're in <laughs> California. I know, right? I know, I know. We don't have any volunteer plants this year, but yeah, have you ever thought about that? Like how many people turned back to kissing the government's ass after that that would have before that been in those protests? You know what I mean? I so this is the one thing I noticed. Um, and I talk about this a lot. There was a uh when COVID came around, there was a massive divide in the spiritual community, dude. It like literally it like drove a wedge between all of us. We were a pretty unified group before then. Like, you know, we all were about, you know, we all had the same common vision and cause in in mind. And uh, when COVID came along, it split a wedge between us all. So, um, and I do agree with you. It was separating the wheat from the chaff. Most certainly it was. Um, and I feel that you had people like me and, you know, people like us who, you know, we, um, we understand freedom is a very spiritual thing. Like, you know what I mean? And um, having bodily autonomy is a very spiritual thing. And, you know, I'm all about making my fellow human feel good and feel safe. I'm, I'm all about that. At the same time, I know psychologically what it does to the human being when you cater to a rational and neurotic fear. When you cater to that, and you build off of that in somebody's psyche and in somebody's mind, you kind of cause a psychosis and a mental breakdown. And then you look at, I had a client, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it, but you know, we're in 2023 right now. We have revised guidelines and everything. He called my office five times to make sure I was bringing an M95 mask. Exact, exact, exact kind of mask. I wow. showed up to, yep, I showed up to his house. He stood 10 feet away from me the whole time while I was giving him the estimate. Um, you know, this is what it's done to people. 
Like, you know what I mean? Even after they're telling you, like, even your, your mainstream source is telling you that, you know, hey, it's okay. You don't have to do this anymore um, yeah. because of the uh, the fear and the, um, you know, terror they placed upon people. It um it's This is what it's done. But then you had the other half of the spiritual community um, who, you know, kind of fell in with the narrative. Like, you know, and I think I think really, you know what it was, was, I mean, I can't, I can get it wrong. You know, people have loved ones, things like that. I think really what it was though, too, is that some of those people were just in the movement because it was the cool thing to do. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Or they felt there's always cool. a percentage of those people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I feel, um, you know, that, that it's very possible that yes, like, although like before 2020, we were all very unified in our cause and what we wanted, um 2020 was like the te like test run number three for like you know this whole situation and they were like yeah let's see what they do now and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah so and i mean it really made me sad to be 100 percent honest because i looked at like a lot of friends i had just um you know just not talking to each other anymore because, because oh yeah 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 well that was that was also coinciding with trump being president and that was you know the first split of the country i feel like the second half was the covid and now who knows i don't even know anymore i can't even keep up with it i don't i know i can't i just can't do it anymore i did want to talk a little bit because you talk, you mentioned npcs and this kind of leads right into that and i know we've been talking about it a lot listeners don't don't hate on it it's interesting and i, I brought it up again in my head today because ben had sent me this picture of a Doritos nacho cheese flavored meat snacks. Meat snacks. I'm like, what? Creativity is just dead now. And that kind of goes into the NPC thing where I was also reading an article, not to get too long winded on it, but about the minimalism versus, you know, classic architecture. Everything's getting brought down to its base level and there's no freedom of like creativity in this stuff anymore it's all it all looks the same everything looks the same houses all look the same you have doritos flavored fucking slim gyms because they can't think of any anything new to do with it everything just seems recycled and manufactured now but anyway with all that said what were you thinking about with npcs so you know you want to know what's funny about so i don't know if you heard the you guys uh read the article or i think it was a video but they talked about how some people don't have internal dialogue Right. Yeah. And, uh, they, they admitted that that some people don't have me. I have tons of internal dialogue and I'm like, it never stops. Yeah, Not even at night. I feel yeah. like a crazy person sometimes. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. Right. That, that's why I meditate, honestly, because it's still, it still is the internal dialogue. It like keeps it shuts it down for a minute. And it's like, all right, cool. You know what I mean? And uh, but that that was a very interesting article because I was like, that is, you know, that kind of like um, that definitely, uh, you know, kind of reinforced some opinions of mine. Um, NPCs. So I actually I use a nicer term. I call it backdrop people. I kind of steal it from Delores. I stole it from Dolores Karen, uh, Dolores Cannon a little bit. Um, Maybe I think we should it's a nicer term. Them, uh, call, call them extras. You know, extras. like the people who pay they pay ten bucks to be in the the back scene of a movie. Yeah, extras. There we go. Not NPCs. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, well, that kind of actually. So that even kind of plays into something that I, I I've kind of. This is a theory of mine. I don't know if I hundred percent believe it yet because you know, um, I'm on the fence of if it's a cynical theory or or it's uh you know I do think in all actuality there's only really truly um one billion actual humans on this planet, not seven, but one billion, and um the others would make up um who I would call descendants of Cain 
Um, now, whether they are not, you know, really true human or not, that's up for debate. And the reason why I call it that is just because you there's there's a different batch of people on this planet that, you know, um, I guess you could say have different um, moral compasses than, you know, the typical. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, I don't yes. think that's even arguable. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then um, this is based on my own experiences I've had um, and the things that I've seen. There are a percentage of humans walking around that are not human, but things posing as human. Observe it. And then you have what I call the backdrop people or the uh, extras. And um, they're just what I would call conscious manifestations of the simulated reality. And, you know, because I, I'm a- it's like it's like free guy where he has an actual life and he goes to Starbucks every day and does all that stuff and can carry on a conversation. But he has no fucking idea. He has. No, it is. It is. It's very, you know, and there's just, you know, there's there's um there's certain people that I feel like I've encountered that could have possibly been this. I mean, you know, I feel like if, uh, you know, you can kind of tell you can look at them. They just feel like they're kind of like devoid of personality, like they're almost like devoid of personality or devoid of like any depth or emotion or anything like that. I mean, I'm not, you know, like I said, I don't know definitively, but but based on encounters and things that I've experienced that. Uh, I yeah, worked with a lot of people like that. We used to call them cardboard because they were just, <laughs> just nothing. There's nothing going on back there. They can talk and speak and do their job, but. Otherwise, it's just styrofoam. It's nothing. It, you you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's some people, man, like, you know, and it's like, I, I, you know, I try, I've, I've, you know, taken a more positive approach on it. Like, you know, I actually, when I first started my journey many years ago, I was a little zealous nut job, but, um, you know, you grow up and, <laughs> and you start to, uh, you start to get a basis. Uh, you know, I was 20, 21, you know, I was still, um, Oh, that's prime out. time for being a nut job. That's great. <laughs> It is. You're it is. You are you excused for that. Youth, all of that energy to burn in the world. <laughs> I'm going to make change. Yeah. Thank you for the excuse, man. I appreciate that. But no, you know, you grow up and you kind of, you kind of, you know. So I kind of, I, I, I look at them as like, you know, maybe, maybe they. I hope they awaken. I hope they figure it out. You know, and um, I, I, I really hope eventually everybody does. I um, <laughs> I don't really tell people. I'm not really that person. Oh, these people aren't awakening, or they're not ascending, or there's the my. Right. my my true hope is everybody does. I don't I don't have anything against any particular group of people. I really hope you eventually, you know, come to see that there's more to this than we know. And and really that's straight up and I I try to take that approach with that, you know, because that's where like, you know, the positive part of me kicks in. It's like, "All right, Steve, look, you have to treat them like real people even if they're not." Okay? <laughs> it's like that's the test, okay? You know, um I talk about uh that with my co-host Joe. We I, I somebody correcting me on it it wasn't star trek next gen i gotta remember the show but basically they were about to like become a space fearing civilization and they're like well we got to put you through this test drive first we got to put you through this simu simulation to see if you're going to act on your human ego and your egoic instincts or you're going to actually be a decent person before we actually let you out to do this and um i do think that's kind of what's going on with us right now too a little bit is that that's what that whole you know the dlc pack in 2012 for uh you know trump was on that dlc pack i think i think everybody else was too but you know like um and, uh, and um but you know that's what i think happened it was like you know all right we got to test them out now we got to see if they're ready for this before we kind of move to the next step so yeah we're in beta basically we're just in beta testing <laughs> we're in the they're beta testing yeah I mean, yeah. there's still a lot of kinks, though. I don't think version whatever is working out very well for a lot of people. 
get on it uh god coder or whatever you are (laughs) how do you think that comes to be though because we've talked a lot about npcs and other things like that in cardboard people uh what do you how does that come to be are they are they god's children too are they god's creation or is that something else because you talked about several different factions like people that look like humans that might not be or maybe a different race of humans but then there's the extras so how how do any of those creatures come to be? And you insinuated that some of them could wake up. So I want to hear what you think about that. So so really, my, the philosophy and the train of thought I come from is that everything is consciousness, right? Um, consciousness is a prime fundamental of reality. And I mean, physics is starting to head there. They're starting to figure that out now. Um, you know, what's really cool is if you guys get time, check out the um, imp- implicate ex- explicate model. And it's actually a unified field theory in physics with consciousness. So, so physics is is moving this direction, which makes me really happy. But with that being said, if reality is strictly consciousness, and that's a prime fundamental of reality, then yes, they are children of God because they are they are they might not be, you know, as whole as we might be. You know, this is me speculating. I mean, obviously, but um, they might not be as whole as they might be. Um, you know, as if they were one of us, but in essence, since everything is essentially consciousness, then yes, it does come from the divine source. It does come from source consciousness. Um, its purpose, obviously it is maybe its purpose is to help shift us and nudge us in certain directions by showing us what we don't want to be or the reality that we don't want, you know what I mean? And I think that's kind of what we're being showcased right now. Very much so. And as far as the people who walk around that that look human that are not, um, I I had an experience that where I feel like that I kind of broke through the veil and I was um kind of looking outside of it and there was like cities and everything everywhere. And I was like, holy crap, dude, this is interesting. And I was like, and then there was humans just like us out there. And I was like, oh my God. And they were like, oh yeah, you're one of us. You just decided to go down there and do that. And I was like, okay, cool. Then like, I turned around and looked and I guess the best way I could describe is the way I saw it is like our reality was this, like this globe, almost like this white globe. And like, you could, you could see our reality on it, like through the white globe. And there were these beings and they had like their head stuck in the globe, but their body was on the outside and they had like their cohorts around them and they were all like looking at them. And then they occasionally, the one in our reality would pop its head out, like communicate with its, you know, colleagues or its cohorts and things like that. And then pop its head back in. And then I remember I made that really big recollection right then and there that I was like, Hmm, that's a little interesting. Uh, uh, that doesn't necessarily seem like a uh, human being, but it's uh, posing as one over there. That's pretty, pretty odd. So um, how did you get into this situation? I was going to say, is this a DMT? Yeah, yes, it was a DMT. It was okay. a DMT experience. Um, so, you know, um, I'm a big I'm a huge believer that uh, that DMT actually removes the blinders of the brain. And, you know, um, there was actually a scientist, uh, these two neuroscientists on this podcast, they were talking about how how DMT works with serotonin to modulate how you perceive your visual reality. And so that made me ask the question. And I was like, if you increase those levels beyond baseline, are you perceiving more of reality? And I, and I wholeheartedly believe so, especially because one it's released like what, 45 days before we're born while we dream at night, six seconds after we die. That's pretty hella significant in my opinion for something to be yeah. six seconds after <laughs> you die. Like that, that definitely means something, you know, why is this not being funded? <laughs> it's, it's well because you know um 
It's uh, it, 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 people, even when I say that and I provide all the evidence, some people are like, well, you know, like, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I was like, you know, but I think um, they're actually mapping the DMT realm. In fact, actually, I was reading an article on it the other day. I forgot which college is doing it, but they're looking for volunteers. And what they're going to do is they're going to put you in an IV drip in it and let you go in there for like four hours. And I was like, where's this application? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, where's this application? I, uh, but, um, you know, uh, so, so yeah, they're, they're, they're funding it slowly and start, I mean, the psychedelic revolution started out here too. I mean, now that um, it's legalized out here in Colorado, people are doing more scientific studies on it. You got C CSU doing studies on it. You got University of Boulder doing studies on it. Um, so I hope eventually that comes out. But yeah, it was um, it was a uh, it was a dimethyltryptamine experience, and um, you know, kind of what happened to me last June that kind of like was the experience that made me go to the spiritual drawing board a hundred times over the year. Um, it was uh. You know, so I, 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 DMT is like a sacrament to me. I believe it's a sacred thing. I don't think it's something you party with or you do anything like that. Like it is a deep, uh, I call it deep spiritual exploration technology. Is what oh, yeah, I, call I, it. I agree. I think we just talked about that where I was like, no, I'm going to not fast or I'm going to fast and not smoke or drink or like, if I actually go to do this, I'm just going to be very, it's going to be like communion on Sunday. Very, very serious. Every day. Yeah. It is. It is. And, you know, it was it was June 6th. And like, you know, I was feeling pretty good in my heart and my mind. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, and I did it. And then when the breakthrough started coming on, I noticed that this is way different than it had ever been before. Um, this was uh, way more intense, way more jaw dropping, way more astonishing than it has ever been before. And then really the best way to describe it was reality decompartmentalized around me completely. And then there were these seven, eight foot tall human looking entities and they had like these serpentine bands of energy coming off of them. And I remember looking up in like pure astonishment and I'm like, Whoa, dude. And then all of a sudden, like, I felt like this water dropping on me and I was like, where's this water coming from? Because I'm like, I'm in my basement right here. Yeah. This is my meditation room, my gym and all that too. But like, you know, um, I, uh, there's no water pipes or anything above me in the ceiling here. So I was like, and then all of a sudden when I thought that I heard this, like it, the best way to describe it, telepathy is a really short word. I heard it in my chest. And when I heard it, I felt the emotion that was also conveyed with the message that I felt in my chest. And that's kind oh, of like, really? the, it's the best way I can describe it, honestly. And they go, the water is a medium between dimensions. This is how we could come to you and we could contact you at this time. And I remember at that point, I was like, holy shit, dude, I did too much. I was like, oh my God. And did you uh, afterwards, did you have someone <laughs> over you? Was there someone right next to you? No, it was me alone in my basement. It sucks, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, oh my, 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 You're brave my, man. My wife doesn't like the smell of it. She doesn't like the smell of DMT. So um, she uh, she definitely. um, But, you know, and then they were like, we want you to come with us. And I was like, all right, cool. Sure. Why not? I'm already <laughs> I'm already in this all the way. Let's go. So they took me to this place they referred to as the true Garden of Eden. And it was like this crystalline city with these geometrically perfect buildings and these like flowing green pastures of grass and like beautiful. Dude, it was such a beautiful place, man. You could feel the love of the universal consciousness permeating this place, like so heavily. Like it was like you were in complete bliss the whole time. You were just like that. And in the city, they had like humans from all over the universe. Like I was watching them and like some looked a little different than others. Like some looked different than us. Like there was one I remember that was like 
taller, had like a weirder jawline, but like still very much like very similar to us. And, um, and that's when it like sat down in my mind. I'm like, man, we must be a universal species. There's no other, there's no other way to explain this than that humans probably exist everywhere in some shape or form. And, um, then, uh, you know, we had a conversation, uh, me and them. And then after we had this conversation, it was a very special moment for me. It kind of helped like make me remember and rediscover a lot of things about myself. And then they took me before I ended up leaving or having to come back here. They took me and they showed me how fabricated this reality is. And here's, that was the thing that blew me away because I always knew it was. And like, you know, I always believed it was, but then when I actually saw it in this experience and saw how much it was fabricated, that's what blew me away. I was like, whoa, okay. I knew it was this, but not at this kind of level. And then, and then, and then that's when like, you know, I came back and then I was like, um, yeah, I, um, I got the phone call. That was a good phone call. That was the phone call. And I was like, you know, so, and I actually took a hiatus, um, from psychedelics all the way up until recently. Um, you know, and, uh, that was because of that experience. Yeah. I mean, that, like I said, did you check your drawers afterwards? Cause that I, did you have more of, I don't even know how to. Did you feel like yourself when you were there, though, or was was your whole like pers- persona on Earth just gone, and you were something else? Well, this is where um, this is where I had this experience, and um, I have a feeling in the future we're gonna find out that this is true. This is just my opinion, though, and I use this term: the human is the extraterrestrial, and the extraterrestrial is the human. And I use that term uh, because, yes, I was myself while I was over there, but I was what I would call a, uh, a, it was a higher dimensional me. And this higher dimensional me was, um, it almost felt extraterrestrial, to be 100% honest, like while I was experiencing it, like it felt, um, it felt natural, like it didn't feel weird or anything like that, or off putting, it felt very natural. But it felt like something that was so out of this world. Guys, I mean, that's kind of the best way to describe it. And that's kind of where I kind of like, maybe thought like, you know, maybe like, maybe the gods weren't necessarily gods. Maybe they were humans from other places. You know what I mean? And then that's how we all came to be was that the human form was carried on throughout this lineage or whatever it is. And that's how, you know, we, uh, we come here and we learn and things like that. And we come here to experience. And I do, I do believe that, um, as well, that if you want to come here and you want to participate and um, help in the Great Awakening, you have to hop in a human suit. It's not like in the Golden Age of Atlantis where things could come and go as they please. So you know what I mean? If you want to come here now, you have to hop in the human suit. You got you can't you can't come like like that. You know what I mean? Because we got to keep the we got to keep the act on. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like that's kind of what how I feel at least. So you don't think? What do you think about cryptids and shit like that? Would that fall under the? I guess there's no other category besides cryptids for that, but just for fun, like, is it just like a little game to throw something out there to get us distracted? No. Well, you know, this is my one thing that I, that I've always felt that I think it's silly and naive to claim things do not exist. If we have no definitive evidence, they don't exist. I'm a, I'm a huge believer that a lot of things could possibly exist until proven otherwise. I mean, you look at, we've only really discovered 64% of the wilderness that leaves a very large chunk 
of undiscovered, you know, uncharted wilderness. We only know not 4%, to mention the ocean. <laughs> yeah, four percent of the ocean we only know. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. Like there, there could be things that you know exist that we don't even know. And here's the thing: if they've existed long enough here, they're smart and privy to us, and they can stay away from us. It's not hard. <laughs> like you know what yeah. I mean? People think it's people think it's like completely. If I haven't seen it, it doesn't exist. I'm like, well, there could be a lot of things that exist if you haven't seen them. And I mean, there was a video that this guy I saw actually. Um, it was on a dive camera, and they uh, they it was really really deep in the ocean, and they were looking at this fish, and this fish got speared by something. And then they were like, what the hell? And then this thing shot by super fast, the camera, and collected the fish and went the other way. You know what I mean? And I was actually watching it, and then the guy was trying to debunk it. And he's like, I can't necessarily debunk this. This looks to be like an apparent uh, legitimate video, like not edited, things like that. So I think, you know, that um, they've even caught, what is it, the Ningen? The Ningen cryptid, they've caught it on dive camps before, I think. There was what like, does that look like? I don't know what that one so is. So the Ningen, um, yeah, yeah, the Ningen um, is, it's like a humanoid-looking whale. Like, if you look at it, it has a head and, like, shoulder girdle and, like, almost arm-like fins. That is right? creepy. Fuck. Dude, I'm telling you, right? Like, I'm telling you, they've caught it on dive, like, two photos on, like, dive cameras of it. They've, they've caught it so that, that it exists. It's just not seen very frequently. Um, yeah, you know, it's the same with Bigfoot. And I've said a million times, I don't really give a fuck about foot, Bigfoot, but it would be interesting if they found one for sure. But a lot of times the evidence, quote, evidence against some of these things existing is no evidence. So they're using the fact there's no evidence as evidence that it doesn't exist. And that, is that what you're kind of getting at? So, so I think really what we do, um, especially in the scientific community in this country a lot, is we, we tend to use Occam's razor a little too heavily, right? And like, and what I mean by that is like, you know, it's like the, the, it's the easiest available answer with the most readily available evidence. But that's the thing too, is like, you know, anecdotal evidence is a very real thing also. Um, and I think it gets disregarded a lot. A good example um, that I call anecdotal emphasis, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Fatima incident. It happened in um, Portugal uh, in the early 1980s. Yep. So so it was the the apparently the apparition of the Virgin Mary that appeared to these three children over like a course, a period of time and a period of time. And then what happened one day is when the children went to meet her, she said, bring all of your people to this field on this day. And so I think it was like 200 people ended up showing up to this field and there was some people called it a technology that they experienced some people called it a religious experience that they experienced and things like that but then you know you have 200 people sitting there who all saw something don't know each other from from tom or jane or adam or anything like that have no reason you you cannot get 200 people to to stage such an elaborate hoax and all of the stories sync up and be the freaking same okay so like that's what i mean like you know with anecdotal evidence like you have to look at that and be like something most certainly occurred or they most certainly saw something yes we can't really you know prove or you know have evidence for what they saw but you have 200 people who are like 
dead serious that they witnessed some kind of event on this day, whatever it might have been. So, like, you know, I do take into account, I guess you could say eyewitness accounts also. And, um, you know, what I what I kind of look at in those stories is I look at the similarities, right? I look at the similarities. Is there a lot of similarities in the appearances or the sightings and things like that? And if I look through all the accounts and there is a lot of similarities, you know, with maybe some minute discrepancies, then it I, I personally think they could be experiencing something. Yeah. And uh, nobody's going to like, how did I put it before? The personal eyewitness account is like some of the biggest testimony you can get in a court of law. But mm-hmm. we have all these people out there seeing UFOs or Bigfoots or whatever. And it's been written off for years as crazy people. Or even though there's probably at this point, millions of cases of seeing all these things. So yeah, it, it is weird. The government's probably researching it just like they were with aliens and extraterrestrials forever. And they just kept it, you know, under wraps, redacted, not available to anybody, and then just criticized and made fun of everybody who had an alien story or a UFO story. And now they're coming out saying, oh, yeah, UFOs are out there. That's every other day. I see an article in the news about that. And it's like, you know, the one thing I say about that too, ridicule, when somebody uh, greets you with ridicule, it's because they have no counter argument. At that point, they have to discredit you because they do not have a, you know, a reply or retort to what you're saying. Um, One thing I really believe is that the global establishments try very hard and desperately to hide not only the true nature of reality itself, but our true nature as human beings. And I believe they do this for a number of reasons. Um, The first being that they need the machine to operate well. And the machine is what keeps them in power. So if you have a whole bunch of enlightened human beings walking around who are like fully aware of like everything in their true nature, that's bad for the machine. You know what I mean? They're not going to want to participate in it and they're not going to want to, um, you know, uh, take part in their games and in their theater and all of that. Um, I also think, too, that if we did discover the true nature of reality and our true nature of ourselves, the need for religions, governments, currency, all of that stuff as we know it today would dissolve. And that is something they're also concerned about because that um that keeps them in power, that keeps them in their positions. And you know, and the same thing with um, you know, the the mental gymnastics that a lot of these skeptics do and the scientists do when it come, we talk about ancient civilizations. I mean, at this point, there I that's one thing I'm very passionate about. And at this point, we have so much irrefutable evidence, and they're like, Oh no, that was from like 600 BC. And I'm like, No, dude, come on. I was like, Come on, dude. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> like, you know, and it's like they try to do things like this. It's because, you know, and that's one thing I mean, I do agree with Graham Hancock on is that there is a bias in that. There is. They want to keep the uh the you know Darwinian narrative there because um um the Darwinian narrative, at least in my opinion, what it does, um, as well as a lot of things, is it kind of um it kind of uh decomposes moral structure. Because if you tell everybody that your life is pointless, you evolved from a monkey, you're on this blue rock floating through space in this abyss, you just came into being by chance, life has no meaning. I mean, what is that? What does that do to a human being? Like, what does that do to the psychology of the human being? And that it kind of starts to make you go like, well, shit, dude, if life has no meaning, then, you know, blah, 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 I can do this and I can do that. And then it kind of causes like almost like this, what I would call 
a moral deterioration of the human being because now you just made this person and all these people feel like their existence was just coincidence and life is totally pointless. It's just a whole bunch of gas and molecules that just so happened to one in a million chance just form into what it is today. And, um, you know, that, that will decompose the moral structure. You know what I mean? That makes people more subservient to an establishment that makes people more subservient to like, you know, a scientific institution or things like that and more subservient to a government. And that, and I think honestly, that door leads to totalitarianism. It does. And, you know, um, especially removing some kind of spiritual concept from the society. Well, that's a great segue to go into before we get out of here tonight, uh, go into, what you think of the the technocracy in their place, you know, at the reality of the world as you're kind of seeing it. And we're, we've been talking about where does things like that fit in, like the coming technocracy and all, is that just more of the DLC pack just playing out or is that actually going somewhere? I, um, I think it is a little bit of the DLC pack playing out. I also think too, that, um, so there, if there's one thing I've realized about this reality and the nature of it, um, so I kind of use the Truman Show uh, uh, allegory for it. Instead of um, being advertised products in our reality by the people around us, we're advertised narratives and trains of thought. And um, whatever narrative or train of thought that we accept as truth or fact or as we accept as being real becomes our reality, manifests into our reality. Um, and whatever the collective believes on a whole um the collective consciousness here on the planet will manifest itself in the reality and will become reality and that's why i think um you know what's happening is we're being pitched things right now we're being pitched these narratives we're being pitched these trains of thought um because essentially what they want is they do want to bring that into existence but in order for them to do that we have to accept it first we have to go okay fine like you know what i mean they 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 can't necessarily do it until the majority of the collective actually agrees with it and takes it as it's like, it's like selling a, a script to a, a publishing company or you know they're they're trying to sell it so that they can make that scene in the theater act out and with all their little extras they have planted around makes sense exactly exactly and so like that's why you know like i i i you know for instance like this all right i actually use this in one of my my saturday shows so you know joe was talking about if you see a nuclear bomb on the tv right like yeah you see a nuke going off on the tv and they tell you you know now we know the media lies and we know that a lot of things are doctored and a lot of things are scripted so you know if you play non-attachment with that image and what they're trying to say it's not going to manifest into your reality. Now, if you lock onto that image and you go, oh my God, I'm so afraid, <laughs> like at that point, or I start to go into fear, then that's when you're accepting that. You're accepting that outcome. And, um, you know, I think, um, like I said, we're going to start to really see, I think, throughout the years, how much consciousness truly does create reality. And that's why I honestly think, you know, um, I, I even I even talked about this rabbit hole last night. Uh, you know, I talk about how 8000 years ago. Right. Um, let's say like, you know, the restart of human civilization. We've always listened to the select few or the people we've deemed um, in an authority position for the truth about the greater things in life, such as reality, the nature of existence, science, things like that. Well, we have seen time and time again that these people can't be trusted 
They constantly lie. Um, they doctor information. So if consciousness creates reality and we've been going to the select few for what we deem is like inf factual information on the bigger picture of things, is it possible we've manifested a false reality around ourselves? You know, and that's, and that's actually a false reality inside of the real reality. And it's a, it's a huge rabbit hole when you think about it. It really, it really is. You're like, you're like, holy crap. It very well, you know, it very well could be, um, you know, but um, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that they, um, they pitch these narratives and they pitch these, these trains of thoughts to people. And a lot of people, because they use emotion, it's a powerful thing that they use. They use emotion. That's how they get people on board. They strike the emotional nerve. And, um, you know, and then that's what usually causes a lot of people. I think they were trying to get people to buy into some kind of civil war with the Trump indictment. Um, you know, I think that was what they, they, there was an attempt at that. Um, but I think a lot of people wised up and know that, you know, he's not going to get charged. He's not going to go to jail. So thankfully it failed that time. And then they even tried uh, pitching the fake alien invasion thing with the, uh, whole incident over alaska and they failed miserably at that too because people are like you did not shoot a ufo down <laughs> you, you did you did not there's no way like you know what i mean so it's um it's it's really it's up to us you guys it's up to us you know i guess really what i tell a lot of people is to use discernment in everything even with things that you believe as a core belief because you could be shown something that completely contradicts that core belief of yours and yeah, you know, you a shitload of dmt yes shown some shit i highly recommend everybody does that at least once in their life i do i really do i think the world would be a better place <laughs> honestly and i'm sure you guys would be, i mean you would agree too i mean if everybody got to see like you know what was that the organic metaverse as opposed to the synthetic metaverse that you know mark yeah. zuckerberg is trying to preach i think they would be like screw this synthetic metaverse this is great like you know so like i i, I really think people should but you know um, i've always been a big proponent of everybody having a good mushroom trip once but unfortunately yeah. it really is not for everybody and some it's people would really break they couldn't handle it so it's definitely not for everybody but it would be in theory cool if everyone did that at least once well, you know, it was funny. There was a meme. There was a meme going around during COVID of a helicopter dumping out THC over the United States or something <laughs> like that. And they were like, "This is what the country needs right now." And I was like, "You know, I actually Ooh. agree this time." So, so I agree <laughs> with this time because uh, you know we're all a little bit uh, riled up and things. But um, you know, I say use discernment. I always say do your own research. If you're if you're interested in something and you want to know the truth, do it yourself, man. Like you know, don't just sit there. And listen to what neil degrassi tyson says or something like oh, that yeah. i know i know he's definitely controlled opposition but um but uh you know he's um he's he, like I, controlled mainstream yeah i don't know what to call that guy he drives me nuts he does but he drives I, me nuts we tell everybody that all the time come to your own conclusions on stuff we're here to present ideas or maybe talk about things you hadn't thought of before Come to your own fucking conclusion about it, and then everyone will get along. Oh, I did have one more thing. Uh, yeah. you, do you know the Schumann resonance, the heartbeat of the Earth, or whatever? And then there's the solar activity that's apparently picked up like crazy. In this is just things I've seen on Facebook and shit. But apparently, the solar radiation or the the flares or whatever the CMEs, whatever they're calling them, they're they're causing auroras down as far south as we are, and that's crazy. People are seeing them in what Illinois and Indiana mm -hmm. and yeah. 
That's, I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, it but that's supposed to be down here. It was supposed to be up in Washington or Oregon. Yeah, and I mean, then it came all the way, it ended up all the way down here and in the Midwest. We're like 12 hours south of Washington, yeah. too. But uh, so with all the solar activity, people were reporting really strange symptoms of uh, just all kinds of different ailments and stuff. And it was all over the place. There were so many comments about it. And then I looked at the graph of the Schumann resonance and the graph of the solar flares, and they were. In that exact time frame, those two things were spiked like crazy when all these people were talking about weird effects and people being strange in general. Do you know anything about that or about how like EMF or any of those kind of radiations would affect you? Well, so I'm, um, you know, this is my thing about the uh, the sun, the sun. So I know a lot of people think he's a snake oil salesman, but uh, you know, the one thing that I, I do feel that uh, Ben Davidson of Suspicious Observers has done is he's proven a lot of his claims with some pretty good evidence. And you know, what I'll say to that is as above, so below, as within, so without. So um, you know, yes, what happens in the heavens and what happens on our planet here most certainly can interfere with um, states of health and with states of well-being, especially mental well-being. Uh, the reason being is because the magnetic field of the earth is weakening. It is. It's moving. It's been dropping a whopping like 5-10% per decade at this point. And I do believe wholeheartedly what we are coming on coming up on is what i call a disaster cycle on this planet now i am keeping an open mind because i know very well that you know we live in an interesting time and this kind of stuff could not happen but the fact that this disaster cycle lines up with the half procession of the equinoxes here on this planet it happens every twelve thousand years every twelve thousand years like clockwork this is supposed to happen and we're supposed to be past due and it lines up with a lot of mayan astrology too and it lines up with um you know quite a bit of ancient philosophy so that's what kind of intrigued me about it so apparently what he says happens is that every twelve thousand years our sun our galaxy goes through magnetic reversal which is happening right now our galaxy has gone through magnetic reversal and then our sun goes through magnetic reversal and then there's a galactic current sheet that hits the sun and what this does is this causes the sun to kind of sneeze and um it causes it yeah it causes something called a solar micronova think of something like it's a little bit beyond a super flare the sun kind of ejects its outer plasma shell the star still remains but it sends it into the solar system and um sends it towards us and a lot of people think that's what happened to mars why the atmosphere got stripped off of it um it could have been a nuclear war too i mean you get the same isotopes in the soil from these two incidences because you're looking at a very high heat event you know what i mean that generates very high amounts of heat um and does things to you know molecular structures of organic compounds that are very similar also to a nuclear bomb um but uh it, it would make sense as to the younger dryas incident that happened twelve thousand years ago at the end of um atlantis how the climate started acting crazy and there was all these disasters um some people thought it was a common impact but the sun, I guess, according to Ben, is going to be reaching sunspot maximum in the year 2025. But what's kind of tricky about that is we're going into a grand solar minimum with that sunspot maximum. So the sun is going to start getting crazy like the later half of this decade. Yes, it's going to start getting pretty crazy. Neat. Yes. So, um, you know, that. yeah, I know. I know. Right. It's it's like, it's like hit the kill switch. We're ready at this point, but it's like, uh, you know, so I do think too, you know, 
when you have interference in magnetic fields, humans have magnetic fields too. And of course, when you're having, um, you know, radiation, which is a form of, uh, you know, a highly charged particle hitting the atmosphere that's going to interact with your magnetic field. And yes, it can do things to you. Uh, the one thing it does to me, it's funny. Um, I've kind of like made a little chart. So if it's just one CME, it gives me energy. I have a hard time sleeping. I'm very awake. I'm like very talkative. Coronal hole streams give me brain fog. Um, I've noticed like when apparently when we're having a coronal hole stream, um, hit the planet earth, I get brain fog. I just, I feel like my head's in my ass all day long. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much what it you is. Get a lot of those. Cause I feel like that all the time. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's been, it's been, it's been pretty heavy. And then when we get like really big ones or what they call like cannibal CMEs, I'm like just destroyed. I'm like lethargic. I'm not feeling too great. Um, you know, as far as my mental condition now, according to some of the stuff that Ben has talked about, like as the magnetic field weakens and the sun activity ramps up, people's mental states are going to deteriorate, um, because, you know, the nervous system is electrical impulses and all of that stuff as well. So, um, he talks about how, like, when it's really about to start going down, you're going to notice like a lot of degeneracy, even more so start to take over society in the world. Um, kind of makes you think of like Babylon a little bit almost. It's kind of weird, you know, and um, so that's what I wanted to ask you about uh, with this great awakening that's happening. How does that play into destruction cycles and at the same time, mental degradation because of possible sun activity or earth activity? Like how is this all just coming together as one nice, happy clusterfuck? Because great awakening plus mental breakdown plus dis disaster cycles. It seems like a shitty time for an awakening. I know. Right. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting, you know? Um, so like I, I, I entertain and believe that theory is a possibility, uh, because of the, all the, you know, ancient philosoph philosophy, it matches up with the ancient mythology, the processions, the Mayan count calendars, things like that. Um, it, it's a very believable theory. It is because you can see all of the, um, synchronicities in it that kind of line up. However, do I want it to happen? No. <laughs> I mean, obviously, right. obviously I don't want that to happen. Um, I, uh, you know, I think really what it is, is part of this great awakening is understanding kind of like the power we have too, as a human being and the power that how much, you know, really how control we are in our, of our destiny. You know what I mean? Really and truly, I don't think a lot of people even understand the depth and magnitude of that. Um, you know, when we when we have thoughts, we create different timelines. We create different possibilities. We're, we're powerful beings. We really are. And um, I think uh, what we could do um, is we could eventually maybe turn the tides. And even if it does end up happening maybe establish like a better sense of community and a better sense of acceptance and compassion between all of us all. So we can bend, band together for this or whatever it is, you know, and I think that's also what the great awakening um, kind of comes into play. It does seem like a shitty time, but then, you know, it's funny because there's one thing I've learned, you know, when you're on this path and you're on this journey, you get taught very hard freaking lessons and you, you get taught them in ways that, you know, will be very intense. <laughs> and um, yeah. that's, that's yeah. what makes me think that the, uh, the whole everyone coming together as a community thing might be after some hard knocks and maybe some uh, hard lessons and then it'll happen. Cause it doesn't look like anything else is just going to happen by itself unless people actually, you know, start figuring it out quick. Cause <laughs> I don't see as much of that as I'd like to see. You know, 
I, I know I'm I'm definitely on the positive end of things, but I can't I definitely can resonate with you, Joe. I do agree that that it would take something like that as far and I've even joked about that in my cynical moments. So I'm like, it really is gonna take an asteroid for everybody to freaking like, you know, kind of see what's going on and get the bigger picture of things. And um, you know, uh I I do believe that that I do resonate with you on that approach too. I do think that if something like that did occur. Um, people would ultimately all see that it's not just me or me or this person in the boat. We're all in this boat at this point. We're all in the same situation. And I think what that will do is that will break down the walls. It will. Because now it's not like, you know, I, I saw this meme. So it was these three people and um, they were standing in poop. Right. And then um, the the one guy on the left was all like, you know, like um, standing in less poop than them. And then uh, they're all yelling at him like, hey, he's standing in less poop than us. And then he looks at them and goes, why can't we talk about the fact we're all standing in poop? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, what? it's like so. But at that point, everybody's going to be standing in the same amount of poop at that point. So it's like uh, at that point, there's going to be no really no division. So <laughs> well, there'll be it. no media blasting nonsense into people's ears and there'll be no one for them to impress. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's Hopefully. the thing. Too, they you know they they love to poke the bear and um and that's that's really the sadness of it all is because you know it the the people that um that a lot of Americans and a lot of people in the society have put in their trust in and deliver truth do not and you know they still are under the you know guys in the mask that these people are delivering truth a lot of them and um you know it does it does especially especially with you know like i mean what did it they released it for cnn i guess is funded by boeing darpa skunk works pfizer moderna um you know <laughs> and, and and why would they Big lie shock. why would why would they lie what do you mean why would they lie if there was a conspiracy it'd be, it'd be all over the news and like you know i'm like i'm like oh no dude you know and it's like uh but um I, it, people you know, and I guess really the best way to put it, and I've talked about this before, is like, oh, it's almost as if this reality has some kind of spell on it, almost like it's almost yeah. like yeah, it, it is. It's almost like, you know, like it has some kind of spell. I've called it like the habitus. I've called it a few things. Um, I even brought up a story. Uh, I got to know a Native American uh, Cherokee elder. I used to teach um, sacred geometry and occult studies at a holistic center on the East Coast. And um, we ended up meeting um, this Cherokee elder. He did the eagle dance for us. Is pretty grateful because you don't get to see the eagle dance unless you're a Cherokee tribe member. And, um, you know, I got to sit there and um, talk with him. And, you know, we start talking about extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, things like that. And, uh, you know, and um, he goes, man, I got to tell you this story, man, because you'll appreciate this, Steve. He goes like, you know, so I have some property in Sedona, Arizona. And, um, you know, I have a, a lake on my property. And I was like, uh-huh. He goes, you know, one night I was out there, you know, just taking care of some stuff. And I heard um, this ungodly scream, he said. And he was like, he was like, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell what it was. It didn't even sound like an animal. And he goes, but you know, I was curious. So I hopped in my canoe and I started paddling out onto the lake. I'm like, you got balls, dude. That's great. And I'm, uh, you know, and he goes, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, I find this, it looks like a gray alien, but it looks like a bodysuit of a gray alien. Like it shedded itself, you know, no mind you, dude, he's a, he's a native American <laughs> Cherokee elder. These people have so much integrity and honor. I believe him. I do. Yeah. But he said he lugged the thing into the canoe. Right. And he brought it back to the house. Cause he's like, Whoa, wait, everybody sees what I have. Right. And then like, um, 
he brings it inside and he goes, Steve, I was holding it up and I was showing them and they did not want to admit what it was. This reality has some kind of spell on it. And I was like, and I was like, you might be right, dude, because if you came into my house and showed me a gray alien bodysuit, I would believe you. <laughs> I would because it's right there, you know. And um, I do think, you know, there is some kind of whether it's the, you know, some people debate it's the the 440 hertz frequency or the uh, 60 cycle, the 60 hertz AC current we use and the EMFs that that put off you know, or things like that, that stifle, I guess, a certain perception of reality. There's a whole lot of theories. Um, I really think what it is, is the habitus is just a very strong thing. And um, it itself is conscious. It's the habitus I would call the Smith and all of us or the Smith and the people that uh, agent Smith, the agent Smith and the people that, you know, so like the habitus itself is consciousness is conscious itself. And it can manifest itself in people at certain times. And, um, you know, that's what I think happens when, you know, people experience something that is an, an astonishing otherworldly event. If you're not open minded enough to receive what you're looking at, the habitus takes over and blocks it up. And I think but I think that's a pretty big possibility. Yeah, it's an auto filtration system. And uh, we got way better at it, uh, you know, especially after a lot of the old ways were forgotten and the, all the myths and everything we had about strange creatures was just, oh, that's just myths. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, you bring in all the frequencies and everything else, and everyone's super good at just blocking anything else out now. I mean, there's still stories today about fairies and other weird shit, but people they just write them off. Like, yeah, whatever. It's just, you know, weird Icelandic or Polish people or whoever's talking about that. CNN, whenever right. CNN's hosting that as their story of the week or the month, maybe <laughs> it'll be for the year. Who knows? Uh, no, it'll probably be 24 hours, like fucking everything else. But Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, tell, tell us where everybody can find you. And, uh, you know, I guess that's it where they can find you or your email. They want to pelt you with crazy emails. Cause that happens. So, so guys, um, first of all, Joe, Jen, I want to thank you so much for having me on. It's been truly a pleasure getting to know the both of you, getting to meet the both of you. Um, everybody, you can find me. I'm, I'm on rumble. I'm on forbidden knowledge news network with, uh, Joe and Jen here as well. If you want to hop on there, um, I'm also on Apple. I'm on Spreaker. Um, I do have a YouTube channel that I'm going to start paying more attention to here eventually. Um, I got kind of fed up that I got uh, banned for a week for merely covering an article. Um, <laughs> I did not give medical advice. I did not say I was a doctor. I merely covered the article and got banned for a week. And that was kind of where I was like, I'm going over to Rumble. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was just like, but I'm going to start paying my YouTube channel a little bit more attention. So um, I'm probably going to do a lot more of my interviews there and uh, do some more pre-recorded stuff for everybody there. Fuck yeah. Sweet. Well, thank awesome. you. Uh, thank everybody for listening. We will catch you on the next show. Have a good night.